Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost and I am joined today by Pastor Steve Markle. Good morning, how are you? Good man, I'm uh, got wings. I got Red Bull ready to go. You got wings or you got yeah. Red Bull? That's have you seen their commercial? Yeah, yeah. I'm just messing yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Well, we both have Red Bull, so I guess today's mm-hmm. episode is sponsored by Red Bull. Yes, that's true. Because Red Bull gives mm-hmm. you wings. wings yes. There you go. Uh, well, how was your week? How was this past week for you? Uh, we'll get into Sunday in a minute, but anything exciting and, uh, well, in this past yeah. week? Well, yeah, the week that passed, my wife and I uh, got away. We try to get away once a year together for three or four days if possible. And we've been kind of going through different cities in the, our country to just visit different cities we haven't been to. So we went to Boston, which was a lot of fun, uh, three days there, and got to do a lot of different things, Fenway Park, the Freedom Trail with a with a tour guide, which I am not a history guy. I just don't get into that. But it was awesome, like walking through the city, seeing the historical sites and having somebody explain them what mm-hmm. happened, the Boston Massacre, explaining all these different things that are part of our history, the Tea Party. Um, Boston Tea Park, all that stuff. It was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Got a lot of walking in. We had a great time. The weather was beautiful. So nice. that was a nice part of our week last week. Yeah, that's cool. How yeah, about you? Um, you told me that you guys are going to do whale watching, did you? We did. I was should have cool? said that. Yes. And that was one of those things that I'm – another thing, like Sherry wanted to do. I'm like, I'm going to be the good husband. And she was yeah. surprised. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting more mature or less mm. uh, selfish. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm listening to my own preaching. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, we went. We we got on the whale watching tour at 10 a.m. I didn't realize you're on a boat with several hundred people, and it's like a 25 mile ride in the boat just to get out far enough to where they believe mm-hmm. the whales are. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so they said if you have motion sickness, we suggest sitting on the lowest level near the back. So I, we did that. Got mm-hmm. a table. But then when we got to where they were seeing the whales, we went out on the deck and we're out there right where they were. And it was pretty it's awesome. Pretty cool. Like 20, they, they spotted like 20. They, I mean, I, I learned a lot. They, they know them by name, mm. by their tail. It's crazy. They can identify the different spots and they, that's this one. That's their, their calf, which is the, what they call their babies. Mm-hmm. And, um, they would just, you know, come up and it was the, uh, humpback whales. Mostly there's some, one other kind, but they're the length of a school bus. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, um, it was, kind of fascinating and yeah. enjoyable and yeah nice. uh, all That's kinds cool. of really cool stuff there was a lot of recommendations that people had given us and we knocked a lot of those things off the list mike's pastry was unbelievable mm. anybody that's familiar with boston will know about mike's pastry they have a couple different locations but the one we went to was on the north end near whale watching after we walked there and the pastry counter is just it's all italian ladies that work there cash only I mean, it's so it's, it's yeah. serious business, and there's like big pieces of cake and cannoli and uh, eclairs, and you, so we were like, oh my, what are we gonna get? And no, we gotta get. So we got two things each, and then we shared them. But it's like they have us in the lines, but they move everybody through. Mm-hmm. You get up there, like, what do you want? You better know. You tell them. They put it in this box. They have the string they pull from the ceiling. They wrap the box up. You give them the cash. They're out the door, and the yeah. line just keeps on going and. It was pretty pretty awesome. Mm. I and we sat somewhere right there along the street at like a really quaint like coffee shop where they were serving out on the street, and we had that box. And then there was a sign that said, uh, "You can't eat things that are not bought from here." Mm. But we're paying for the coffee, and so I was like, "Well, we can't eat." It. And Sherry's like, "I'm eating it," and I was like, "You're 
you're going to do that. Wow. I couldn't believe her. I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. But then every time the waitresses would go inside, she was like, and I was like, well, okay, I got it. She's going to eat it. So wow. I'm going to, I guess I have to mm-hmm. commit this sin with you. Yeah. So wow. that, was, that was it. So it was <laughs> fun. I mean, like uh, ramble on there, but we had a fun time. Uh, the ballpark was great because I like to see as many ballparks as possible. And Fenway is classic, over 100 years old mm-hmm. with the big monster, the green monster. In but you sent us a picture, $60 parking. Is that true? <laughs> yes. That's that's yes. insane. It's sixty dollars uh, parking um, in the parking lots around the stadium. And a lot of the places I've been to, it's like twenty bucks now in most places. But sixty, everything was more expensive. I mean, we didn't pay because what we did is we uh, Ubered from the airport to the hotel. Oh, so got you a just hotel. took a picture. Yes, okay. I just wanted to. Sh- yeah, okay. I was just showing you. We didn't pay it. I was like, that was crazy because uh, we walked. I mean, a lot of walking. Uh, got our steps in, but it was like twenty. 20, 25 minute walk from, mm. from our hotel mm. to that. And uh, we Ubered a few places, but tried to walk most of it. But yeah, I mean, it, that was more than the tickets to the game cost, yeah. actually. So it was, yeah. Jared, you went to the World Series last year? Yep. Was parking like that expensive? 60 bucks? $200. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like when you think about it, like, the hotel's just ridiculous. I yeah. mean, like, when I was looking for a hotel, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, there's nowhere. I, it was 400 bucks a night mm. and there was nowhere that I found something cheap. And then I found out it was like a bedroom with a bathroom in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And Sherry's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so neither was, I wasn't in for that. For, so anyway, that was, but we got a good place where we could walk everywhere. So you save money on, on renting a car and parking and all of that. Cause even hotels, you're like, it's not just the, the fee. It's like the parking fee. If you park your car at the hotel overnight, mm-hmm. it's like another 60 bucks a night. So anyway, everything's yeah. expensive up, yeah. in Boston. So yeah. yeah. But good trip. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So, so glad that I don't know where we're going next. Uh, so let's figure yeah. that out. Colorado's on the list. Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Got to get there sometime and some other places. We have a list. But nice. yeah. So what about you? Well, not as exciting as that. Uh, not as, no, I didn't go anywhere else. You here. and Jared miss so, me here in the office? Uh, No. We just kind of hung out and mm-hmm. had a good time. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but no, pretty normal week for me. Uh, Monday to Thursday worked. So there's that. Friday, um, we hung out with some close friends. Saturday morning was not the highlight of my weekend um, because for those of you that go here, you know that um, kind of in front of our church property that used to be our church property, we sold. And now there's kind of a strip mall going in in right. the middle of construction. So we got asked uh, last week, two weeks yeah, ago, yeah. the guy who owns that land mm-hmm. um, reached out to you, right? And right. emailed you and just said, hey, you got, I know you guys have a youth group. Is there anybody that would like to come pick up trash on this construction site? Right. Um, I'll pay you $1,000 is basically what he said. And so um, we said yes. Deep down, I was like, I don't know if we should say yes, but I was like, we'll yeah. say yes, we'll do it. Uh, and so the, me and a couple other guys went out there on Saturday. We were out there for like four hours. And it was brutal, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of trash. You earned your money. Oh, yeah, we earned the money. Yep, so that was Saturday morning. Yeah. Saturday night, though, um, got to go to a crew game. So yeah. last crew game of the season, home game, I should say, um, against the New York Red Bulls. And, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I feel like a traitor now that we're drinking mm-hmm. these. Um, and, yeah, so if, for those of soccer fans or not soccer fans right now, it's almost playoff time. Uh, the crew has been playing pretty terrible. We're on this streak of um, 
where we'll go up in a game and in the last 10 minutes of the game we'll either get beat or end in a tie. It's been happening like five games in a row. So we should already be qualified for the playoffs. We aren't. So we have three games left, including the one we went to on Saturday. We have to win all three in order to go to the playoffs. Right. So we won on Saturday. And it was exciting because you gave me the recap of how. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got scored on uh, into the, right into the second half. So we went down 1-0. New, New York was up. And we were just not doing much the whole game. Like, mm-hmm. we just were not playing great. And then if you know soccer, you know there's 90 minutes in a game. The 88th minute, we score. So puts it at 1-1. And if you also know soccer, you know that based on how many injuries there are, they'll add stoppage time. And so they added four minutes of stoppage time. In the 93rd minute, we scored a second goal. So we won. Wow. Insane. So that was yes. cool. Uh, first time at the new stadium. First time um, for you to anything g- like that. See so that. that was awesome. It looks like an um, awesome stadium. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is so nice. Yeah. So uh, when the World Cup, the next World Cup comes here in four years, it's going to be in the U.S., all over the U.S., mm-hmm. and teams want to play at the Crew Stadium. Yeah. Well, that that just shows That'll you. Be... So um, anyway, so that was fun. And then let's get to Sunday. Sunday, um, we kicked off a new series called mm-hmm. Offended. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a, it was a good day. Um, it's fun to talk about something that is absolutely so relevant in our culture today that people mm-hmm. are more offended than they've ever been. Yeah. And we're taught to be offended. Uh, media uh, has told us to be more and more offended. And it's almost like everything you say could be twisted and taken the wrong way by somebody. So anyway, we talked about that and what the Bible teaches. We really honed in on James chapter 1, verse 19, about being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, mm-hmm. which is just a great formula for success in this area of not being offended. So that's the launch of a four-part series. Did you feel good about the first part and kind of how you set it up and where we're going to go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, a lot of good feedback from people that really hit home to a lot of people. Uh, I could tell. Um, 11 o'clock went even smoother than 9.30. I don't know. I was just a little bit – I felt – just more comfortable with the material at 11 and uh yeah so it was a it was a good day um a good launch to the series people were excited about it um had some people like i'm not going to miss any of these because i yeah. really want to hear this so yeah it's i mean good. i think it's uh it's one of those topics that couldn't like that couldn't be more relevant you know we're all living mm-hmm. that right now and so um right. yeah i think it's really good what what for you you know kind of you're preaching this whole series. Nobody's yeah. taken any of them for you. Um, what are you hoping comes out of a series like this? You know, if you're as you're thinking about this church as a whole, and what 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 do you think? What would be a success to you if it was a result of a series like this called Offended? Hmm. What do you think? That's a good question. I, I think one of the things I talked about yesterday that I think matters more than anything is what Jesus said: the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's nothing about living angry and living offended that helps us to be more loving. Mm-hmm. It's just that's not that's not who we should be. So I, I think if I could think about a big takeaway for our church would be that people um, that we're known for, Sycamore Creek is known for being a loving church, that we love people and we're not offended by who they are, by what they do. I mean, like, we doesn't mean we – and I said this yesterday because some people like to, I guess, maybe – uh, misconstrue your words, but never condoning of sinful behaviors or uh, attitudes that are anti-biblical or anything like that. But mm-hmm. but love people for who they are, where they are, and you know you can love people to Jesus. You can't hate people to Jesus or mm-hmm. ang- be angry and think that that's, that's going to save the world. So yeah. I think if we as a church individually, I think we have an amazing church. I, I mean, when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people, and we have an amazing. Uh, congregation 
that is very loving. And it's just, I don't think we have a lot, a lot of people who are just judgmental, who are just looking to be angry, but we can fall into that very quickly. There's a lot of conversations that are going on in the world that can cause you to get angry. And as Christians, we can get so caught up in political things that we can get angry about and we can lose that loving side that we need to have of bringing people to Jesus because you know it's more important to make a difference, like I said yesterday, than it is to make a point. And so I think that we need to uh, have our church at the end of this be thinking about what can I do to make a difference. And that's one of the things that I think it really coincides well with our outreach of the month, which Christy talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. which is random acts of kindness. Yeah. Like I think it's just putting it in perspective of like, okay, People are going to be offended all the time in this world, but one of the least offensive things you do, you can do the opposite of being offensive is being kind and finding a way to randomly be kind to people. And it's shocking and it's wonderful and it's nice. And when you're in the receiving end of that. It feels so good. And like, you know, I think if we are more that way, <laughs> the offensive stuff gets to be less and less in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Switch that's your take. Really good. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. And I, and I do think like, there's just so much, you know, I, I would agree. I don't think we walk around on Sunday morning with our congregation and think, wow, there's just some super angry. And, and, and yet again, we're all together on that one day, that one right. hour, that one whenever. People are excited to do it and be here. So, But we know outside of that, there are a lot of people consumed by by anger and by judgment and by those different things and, and mm-hmm. being offended. And so I do think it's a really good conversation. It's funny, me and my wife were having this conversation on the way home from the crew game about how there's just some people that are... S- they want to be angry. I think you said that in your yes, message actually at one like, point yesterday. Yeah. Like there's just some people who want to be angry and like going to a sporting event, it was sold out. There's 20,000 people. And like, there was just some people there that I was like, they just want to be angry. Like they're just going right. to yell at everything that happens in the game. They're just going to be mad at the workers. They're just going to, they're, they just, they're consumed right. and they want to be mad. And we went to the parking garage and we're leaving and uh, we're, Oh my gosh, we just won. This is great. Everybody's yeah. hyped up. We get in the car I pull out and I just get in line because everybody's waiting to get out of this parking garage, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how parking mm-hmm. garages work. And there's a car that's uh, I'm kind of blocking, and they had gotten in like 10 minutes after us. So me and Lex are just sitting there talking, awesome game, blah, blah, blah. And I, I hadn't seen – I saw the two guys get in this car, and that's it. And then a couple minutes later, one of them gets out, and he comes up to my window and kind of like hits the window. And so I wrote – and he's super – like I can tell by his face, like something – he's mad. So I run on the window, and I'm just like, hey – and, and he starts like yelling at me and he's like, and, and, and to be very honest with you, I don't know what he was trying to get me to do. Cause you I couldn't I, back up. Could you, there was nobody behind me. Oh, okay. so we were the last ones in this okay. line. And so he gets out and he's, and he's just yelling at me and I'm like, and, and this is no joke. This is my response. I'm sorry. What happened? What did I do wrong? And he's, just, he goes over to the driver's side and he's, he's cussing me out and this guy's being this. And, and I'm like, and I looked at Lexi and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And he comes back over to me and he's like, don't you realize that the exit, you, there's another exit that way? And I was like, no, I had no idea. I didn't see any cars go that I've way. I've not been here. I was like, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. Right. And he's like, it just keeps cussing at me. And he's just yelling at me. Right. So I just backed up and I went that way. And he was right. There was an exit that right, way. Right. But I had no idea. Right. And it's just like. I thought you were just sitting there blocking yeah, his way to get fun, out. I guess. Like right. that's, that's. But that's weren't you way... waiting for the car in front of you to move? Correct. And that was going to happen <laughs> at some point. At some point. <laughs> right. It's just, but we just had this, it was funny People, driving home. We were just like. I don't understand the... And he was probably a crew fan that was happy 10 minutes ago. Right. And he <laughs> got angry. It's, it's, sports is one of those things that people can get very offended. I I brought up the news story with you yesterday, too. I mean, speaking of soccer, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are aware of what happened in Indonesia um, at a soccer event. 
And I, I read about it too. I, I, last I heard, it was 175 people have died. They moved down. They renounced it to 129. Okay, well that's better. Uh, but still, 129 still. people have died in a stampede, trampled yeah. to death. End of a game, and they don't even allow the opponents' fans to come into these games. Right. So it was all home team fans. Yep. Mad that their team lost after not losing for. Did you read like how long? Yeah, I, I forget how long. It was long, like but it's ridiculous been a streak of yep. never losing. Yep. They started throwing bottles and cans at their own team mm-hmm. because they were mad they that they lost a game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even an opponent there. Right. And the police shot tear gas into the crowd. People started panicking, couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. They trampled each other, and 120 some people are yep. now dead. It's horrible. And over anger over a, a sports team losing, offended by their team mm-hmm. not winning a game. Yeah, how an, crazy! It's an outlet for people to just yeah, let so, out their frustration. I mean, that's I just guess. extreme. That's not that how is, right. most people are. But I mean, I I think you just watch. If you watch, you know, you know, you don't watch the news much, and I don't either. But like, I, we get it a lot from social media and mm-hmm. thing, things like that, outlets, and you just think the the rants and the anger that people have yeah. over both sides, political, all the things that are going in our world today. It's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, we could talk. I mean, we, we could, could do just, a series of podcast episodes on this uh, offended series that we're starting here at the church. You know, there's not going to be enough uh, right. weeks or time on stage for you to cover everything we could talk about. No. Um, so, yeah, this is a good way to start this. But what I want to do is I want to shift gears a little bit. Okay. We're going to get into a conversation today. Um, and it's funny because you actually brought this one, this topic, I guess, um, to my attention. I knew about it. I've heard about it. Um, but I, I just I didn't even think about, oh, that would be a good fitting mm. conversation for us to have. And you were like, hey, have you heard about this? Maybe we could do something right, on it. Right. Um, and so I thought it would be interesting for us to have that conversation today. Uh, there's a new uh, term, I guess we could call it, mm-hmm. a new saying um, that's going around and it kind of started on TikTok, yeah. but it's kind of gotten a lot bigger than that. And people outside of TikTok are talking about it now. Right. Uh, and the term is quiet quitting. So right. um, you brought this to my attention, so obviously you've heard it. Yeah. Uh, but wh- how would you describe – I'm going to read – the Wall Street Journal wrote it, sure. so I'm going to read their kind of statement on it here in a minute. But what what's your opinion or what do you think this really is? Oh, I think what it is is um, relating to work, doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. at work, doing what is absolutely required and nothing above and beyond. It's not going above and beyond on your job, um, shutting down if your job is – nine to five at five o'clock. I don't answer emails. I don't answer texts. I don't talk to work people. I don't do anything until nine o'clock the next day. Mm-hmm. And, um, putting in the extra effort. No, uh, not getting in the hustle, which we used to call it, you know, people that really care, uh, adamantly about their job that want to be super successful uh, about their job or building their company, whatever it is, wherever you work, the idea of just doing the bare minimum, uh, just to get paid, and that's it. So, yeah, it's pretty so, good. It's pretty yeah. good. So let's read the Wall Street Journal's uh, kind of take on it. Yeah, they, they describe it pretty well, and then we'll kind of go through mm-hmm. some pros and cons of what sure. this could mean. And and I think it's gonna be interesting for you, as you know, the pastor of a church, and right. in a lot of ways, the boss of a, a sure. team and a, and a staff. I think right. it might hit closer to home for you. Yeah, a little I bit mean, more we're to talk and we're just a things. small team, so right. it's not a you know, right. it's not a big company, but yeah. Right. So the Wall Street Journal writes this. Okay. Not taking your job too seriously has a new name, quiet quitting. The phrase is generating millions of views on TikTok as some young professionals reject the idea of going above and beyond in their careers, labeling their lesser enthusiasm a form of quitting. It isn't about getting off the company payroll, these employees say. 
In fact, the idea is to stay on it, but focus your time on the things you do outside of the office. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a a good push toward work-life balance that Mm -hmm. a lot of people need. And I think people that get caught up in the hustle culture can go so far and obviously ignore their family and not have a good balance where they have recreation in their life and other things that make them happy besides Mm -hmm. work. And we don't want to be identified just as our work, right? Right. So there's something about balance. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it is um, something that is more for the millennials and Gen Zs? Or do you think it's something that affects people my age as well? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I would say it's probably millennials and Gen Z's that would be the majority of this kind of thing. Um, because there is such a strong push to work-life balance, like you said, Mm -hmm. and there's a super big push to kind of, I mean, we've talked about this before on this podcast. Um, this generation is motivated by creating something for themselves. And so Mm -hmm. I think this whole form of quiet quitting kind of thing is like, I have a job that I'm going to get paid for, but I'm going to put my real effort and energy into something that could maybe turn into a job someday or something maybe that I just love a lot or a passion that I have. I feel, so I feel like, uh, that's why I would say probably Gen Z more than anything is kind of leaning this way. Cause it's like, I can have a a source of income and I'll just do what needs to do to get that income, but it's not going to be, everything yeah, to me. Yeah, I you think know? you're yeah, I think it affects more people 35 and under from what I've read. Yeah. And more people are honest about it maybe at that age or they yeah. post about it. Yeah. But I I don't know. I I just heard a Gallup poll that was done that said about 50% of the workforce would describe themselves this way. Mm. Wow. Does that surprise you? Like half that's of the workforce. That's higher than I thought. Yeah, that's what sure. I just read that like a, a new poll that just came out. Mm. Yeah. So what do we do with this? I, I mean, like if I mean, this why, is why, if this why? is the trend that we're heading towards, if yeah. this is the direction it feels it seems like the generation's going, what do we do with that? That's a good question. I mean, like I, I would go after the why first, like why yeah. is this happening? And yeah. do you think that COVID and work from home from COVID made it worse? Absolutely. I I think that might have expedited it. You sure. know, to bring it more into now it's happening in 2022. Mm-hmm. Maybe without COVID, it would have been 2025, 2026 before people mm-hmm. were like, oh, I'm just done with kind of with my job. I just want to get paid and move on. Right. But I think COVID probably sped it up a little bit. Yeah. And people realized they were allowed to work from home for and a And companies time. realizing that we, oh, we can just right. close down our offices and have people work from home. Like, right. You know. But there's, there's something about a lot of jobs that require synergy with the coworkers. Mm-hmm. And so if you have, and, and we'll talk about, I'm sure about our our team and how we work together but like if you have a team uh, like us and and if you say well the office closes at four i'm not answering your text steve after four Mm -hmm. or if jared has something and he asks a question in our group message i'm not answering because i'm not on the clock Mm -hmm. that's not going to go very well right and there's and it's not going to help the organization yeah um and so that kind of attitude is is Something though that is prevalent today that is creeping up more and more, and I think in, in a church environment like ours, it would be very hurtful if that was the way somebody behaved. Um, we would it would not go well. Yeah, for sure. But in other bigger environments, they're like, "What are you going to do?" And the, the problem today too, I think that employers face is it's hard to find employees. Mm-hmm. It's hard for some reason to find people that want to work, so that they get to the point where they have to accept it. Mm-hmm. That there are going to be some people that just do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. and they that, just need bodies, they right? Need but then, but then, is that fair to say, oh, well, you're not a good enough because you're doing what the job 
says you have to do. Right. I'm doing the things on the job right. and I'm putting in the hours that it says. So right. what what's wrong with that? Yeah, I was going to bring that up yeah. because I think that would be interesting for you to kind of weigh in on as a quote unquote boss. I know that's weird for mm. you being more of a pastor than right. a boss, but in some ways you are. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of wanted to bring that up. Like, you know what, let's say you you did find yourself in a situation like this with an employee, <laughs> right? And, and there was somebody who was literally pointing at the job description, pointing at the things that are asked of them and saying, look, I'm, I'm doing... A, B, and C. Why? Right. What more do you want from me? Like I, I, everything that I'm paid to do, I'm right. doing. Right. Maybe I'm not going above and beyond, but right. what the job you pay me to do, I'm doing. Because that <laughs> seems to be the argument that right. a lot of these people are falling into. Is right. like, well, if you if I look at you know my week to week responsibilities, I'm getting them done. Right. right? And they might not be. Right. Oh my gosh, amazing! But I'm getting them done. So yeah. isn't that what I'm getting paid? I to I mean, do? the ambiguous bullet point of other duties as assigned. Right. <laughs> Say, well, you know, like this is the way or, our organization works, and it doesn't function healthily healthily sure. like I think we should try to stay away as a boss and as coworkers away from um, always maybe being lazy during the workday therefore we are bugging each other at night and on the weekend mm. when we shouldn't have to mm. sometimes it's because we aren't working smart um, and I don't and you know I don't try to hit up staff on our Fridays so we work on Sunday so Fridays is an off day for us and so I try not to send work related e- emails or texts on Friday or expect them to be responded to right away on yeah. Fridays and Saturdays but like but Saturday, things come up things come <laughs> up I mean Saturday is the day before game day for us so like if there isn't a message going around and you're like well Saturday I'm yeah. not going to answer this and it's about some vital element to our mm. service on Sunday y- you can't do that right but on the, on the other side of it, I think that a lot of workplaces have gone to a more relaxed environment of getting your work done but always being available. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, yeah. like uh, flex time, you know, like if you want to take the day off, that's fine. Just answer my text if I have right. a question for something, you know, right. like being more available. So I think it really varies by company. Yeah, sure. And I, and I think the biggest thing, and going back to the, the question, what do we do? It's like, if somebody's not motivated and doesn't love what they do, the mm. chances of them really wanting to go above and beyond are, are slim, right? Mm. Yeah, maybe that's kind of where the conversation has to go, right? Is yeah, there's a difference between um, a job and a vocation or like a calling, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, well, there is yeah. a difference between like, you know, I, I'm just doing this job because. I need a job. I'm just doing this job because I have to make money right. or I'm doing this job because I love it. Yeah. And, but at the same time, and this is why I think this mm-hmm. conversation is a really hard one to have. When I worked at a pizza place, okay, yes. I didn't love working at the pizza right. place. It was a job that made me money, mm-hmm. but I worked my butt <laughs> off at the pizza place. You yeah. know, like I, I, I did as much as I could to make, it wasn't a great establishment. It's close now. There's reasons behind that. Yeah. But I tried my best while I was there multiple times a week to make it better. For, for right. the customers, for everybody involved. So, so it, it, yeah. I do think it ma- Yeah, there is a big piece of the conversation, right? Do right. I love the job? Do I not? Right. Do I care about the job? Do I yeah. not? That has to play into it. But at the same time, there might be some of this that's just personal. Well, I think a know. lot of it is has to. It, the questions come up: Is it the, is it the employer? Is it the job? Or is it the actual person? Yeah, sure. Because I do think so much of it is intrinsic in the person's yeah. character qualities of what they're about, and that doesn't mean a person that isn't a passionate go above and beyond person isn't a good person yeah but when it comes to work Mm -hmm. like and i'll say the same like when i've been before i was in ministry um i had some different jobs and the you know like 
in food service and things like that. And it's like I always wanted to think, what can I do to make this better? How can I be yeah, a better? Sure. How can I be a better waiter so I can make better tips and be more strategic? And and how can I please the boss so that they think more of me and want to give me a raise and yeah. like be motivated by that? Because, you know, I I don't think quiet quitters. Um, get re- get great promotions, mm-hmm. and they don't care. Maybe they're just like I make what I make, whatever. Yeah. Like, but if you want to move up the ladder, you want to get promoted, you want to get raises. I think you there's this push to do to do more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for you, from your point of view, do you expect your staff, the people that you trust, to bring on to? Yes, it's a small team, and mm-hmm. and, and it is different from quote unquote business. But do you expect those people that you bring on to go above and beyond? I know that's a hard I, question. No, I, I think I do. And I think, um, uh, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll turn this question on you in a moment. Um, because I think ministry is different. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't have a passion for it, you will burn out. Mm-hmm. And you won't want to. I, I, I would question people that that say they're called to ministry, but then aren't willing to you know, answer a phone call mm-hmm. on their day off. Now, mm-hmm. you need to be careful and have work-life balance. Okay, mm-hmm. I know that. But... Like here, we're very flexible with ours, mm-hmm. but you know what? We're here for people, mm-hmm. and that's what we're all about, right? Mm-hmm. Serving God, serving people, loving God, loving people. And if we're like, nope, I only love people from nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, example, um, last weekend I was in Boston mm-hmm. and Sharon and I got back on Thursday. And um, so I had some, you know, that was like Friday's my day off. So it was like a good week. And, and then um, somebody in our church, um, one of our elders, his his wife, um, her dad passed away on like last Saturday, and mm-hmm. she asked me on Monday when we were at the airport going to Boston Monday night if I would do the service, mm-hmm. and I said absolutely. It was Friday. She goes, I'm so sorry, that's your day off. I said, no, that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like I don't just say I'll give up my day off every week no matter what, but you know we're here for people, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, I mean sure. I mean it's like it's not like oh I thrive on doing funerals or something like that. No, but I love people and that's why I want to do. So I'm not saying everybody needs to be like me, but I would have a hard time believing in working with people who don't have a passion for it that Mm want to go above beyond. And I want to be respectful though. I don't want to invade your life, Jared's life, Christy's life, Amy's life, Devi's life, where I'm taking away from them having a life. Because I've seen churches like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. uh, But I think, and I mean, I would ask you, do you feel like, what do you feel like is expected? And then um, do you think I have that I have a work-life balance from your observation? You personally? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you're pretty good at um, being able to kind of, you know, turn it off and t- turn it on in some mm-hmm. ways. But I think you have a good, you know, mindset of the fact that, yet again, ministry is different. Uh, but there's a lot of jobs in the sense of, like you said, you're always on call kind of thing. Right. You know, more and more you're seeing mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think you do a good job of respecting and, and, and one thing too, and this goes to you as a boss, uh, I want to say something kind to you as a boss is, you know, your staff really well. So Mm -hmm. you are good at knowing, okay, Jared on Friday nights is going to be at a Mexican restaurant with his family. So you're probably not going to be blowing up Jared's phone on Friday night when he's at that Mexican restaurant. Or if I send something, I'm not expecting him to reply. Right. Or, you know, but like you, you know us enough to know, okay, I know Mm -hmm. they have this going on this week. I've talked to them. I care about them. I've invested in them. So, you know, Christy has a surgery going on a couple weeks ago, so I'm not going to blow a perfect, like you're (laughs) just, you're good at that. Right. Um, And I think that has to play a role in it too, from the the boss's point of view. It's like when you know the people you're working with or the people that you're leading, you know, and you care about them, you're not going to invade their life. Right. Or, hey, I know you're about to, 
you know, go into this big thing right. or you have this big life situation. Can you do this, 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 and this, and this, right. and don't right. make me mad. Like you don't right. do that kind of stuff, right. you right. know? Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. But do I that expect you easy. to go above and beyond? I think that you, you see potential in, in the, in us and the staff mm-hmm. that you have, the staff that you lead, you see a bar that maybe sometimes we aren't meeting and you're going to find ways to, you know, kind of push us to that okay. level, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, yeah, yeah, it does come down to personality sometimes too, you know, um, you know, for some of us, like we're, we were just, we have a desire and a knack to always do something bit better than we're doing it now, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's a part of it too. Yeah. Um, I think I work better with those type of people yeah. that have that same drive that want, they want to get better. They want to do their job better. Mm-hmm. They're not obsessed. Right. Like, cause I think I could be frustrating for somebody cause I'm not one of those, um, pastors that is obsessed with it. Now, when mm-hmm. I planted a church when I was 31, it was a little bit obsessive. Yeah. And that's like a stressful thing because like you want to make it, you know, it's we got to make it as yeah. a church. But, you know, I'm like, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't want to burn out. So like, I, one of the things I think about our jobs, and we don't just talk about us, but yeah. it's like there are weeks where you, I mean, let's be honest, we might work 30 hours. Yep. And then this week, the next week we might work 65 mm-hmm. or 70, you know, mm-hmm. because of, the demands because of what's going on. Sometimes it's like if nothing extra happens in the week, nothing extra, no extra meetings, no counseling appointments, no funerals, no weddings, no whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you're like, I can get my work done in like three days. And then right. Sundays it's like, I got to work Friday and Saturday to get mm-hmm. things done. Mm-hmm. And that's just the ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And if you are a person that is a quiet quitter, you're like, you know, some weeks, if I get my work done, I'm just going to sit here and, put in my time, you know, do what I have to do, but I'm not working extra yeah. the next week, whatever. Yeah. I, it's like, it's all about, I think, the person where you're, whether you love your job, and I think it's not fair for us to sit here and, and say we understand just because we worked in, you know, restaurants when we were before ministry, sure. what it's like to work in a job that a lot, some people are listening that it doesn't feel like it has as great a purpose. Sure. Right? Sure. And so... And yeah. they don't feel like they don't feel like their role matters that much in the company. They don't have that much say in the company. And uh, sometimes that's the employer's fault. Their manager, whoever their boss is, doesn't engage them enough to make them feel like they matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I want to bring this. We're going to start to land it here is one. I want to talk about some different uh, situations or circumstances that kind of change this conversation a little bit. And then I'm going to end by kind of there's a biblical thing I want to add to this conversation. But um, I want to start with that. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the people that maybe have a job that is just, you know, they've always done it and they're really good at it, but it's not fulfilling. Right. Is there a time and a place for pursuing things outside of your job? Is there a time and a place for I work nine to five and I'm good at it and I'm going to be responsive. I'm going to get things done, but I can't wait to get home because I'm going to work on my passion project. I can't wait to get home because I'm going to pour into my family. Maybe your family is your, you know, like what, how do we, how do we talk about that? Because they might feel, you know, based on the definition of quiet quitting, whatever, like, oh, that's kind of me because I have things I care about more than my job. Mm. Right. Is it, is that inherently wrong to care about things outside of your job? You know, there's not really anything wrong with doing your job. And just right. doing your job, not inherently. It's like it's not sinful. Mm-hmm. It's just we're talking about how it affects your life. And I read too that quiet quitters often are looking for a, another job. A lot mm-hmm. of times when you're in that mode, mm-hmm. you're watching and you're looking for something else that might be more fulfilling. So I think there's two things there. One, a person that's doing that is either looking for another job or they've just resigned to themselves. So this is the job I'm going to do and I'm going to invest my time in these other side things, hobbies, yeah. uh, recreation, yeah. my family, relationships. And I don't really care if I get promoted, make more money. I, I'm not going to get fired. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, you know, 
So I think there's just it just depends on the person, for sure. what they're motivated for, what for what sure. and what stage of life they're in, and where they're going with it. Whether it's just for the paycheck, and yeah. because some jobs there's like how do you get motivated? There's some jobs I think I don't know how you get motivated for, but some if people you, love it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, and then do you think you know is there a time and a place where it is time to quit and it is Absolutely. time to move on? You know how do how do people know when that time has come? Uh, yeah, uh, that, absolutely. Sometimes it takes um, – when you get into that phase of quiet quitting, I think you can um, – some people are – it's like a, a downward slope. There, there's some people that are doing that that once were very uh, motivated, totally. dynamic, passionate, and for whatever reason they've just kind of gone into this place of quiet quitting. A lot of times they're on the downward slope, mm-hmm. so eventually they're going to get worse at their job, and then totally. their boss is going to have to talk to them, and then they're going to be – on probation or they're going to get to the point where they're, they're going to get fired, quietly fired. Or it might go up for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> or they might rebound, you yeah, know, yeah. quietly fired or they might try harder. Yeah. But I think there's a point where like, if, if you can't do the job well and you're not going to try anymore and it's hurting the performance of the company or whatever it is, whoever you work for, there's a point where, in, yeah, there's time to move on. You don't have to stay in the same job the rest of your life. People change careers. They change companies. They change. And that's a good thing. Like, yeah. yeah. And it can give you, like, especially if you were once a really highly motivated person and you've lost your passion for that and you want to have more passion about what you do. Because if you talk about work, I mean, it's probably 40 hours a week. I mean, at least. So not always these days, but it, you want to do something that you enjoy, uh, hopefully. So I think mm-hmm. you should change. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think sometimes those passion projects and those things like, you know, God allows those things to turn into something bigger. And I think sure. there's a, there's a time and a place to maybe, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a bold step and step away from the job I've always known or the thing I've always done and pursue this full time, you know? Right. Launching I, a, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard people talk about the fact that, you know, sometimes those things, those passion projects, those things you try to mm-hmm. build, they require more than 40 hours a week. So you better be ready to work extra hard, you know? Well, you, yeah, right. But uh, yeah. I, I do think there's a time and place for that. So we're sure. not saying that at all, no. you know, like, Hey, just no. put your head down and work for that terrible boss and do that thing you hate day in and day out. And like, you know, yeah. sometimes, yes, you do need to have a little yeah. bit of grit, a little bit of integrity and work the job that you're, you know, assigned to work. Right. But there is a time and a place I do think too, in this conversation of like, sometimes God is calling you away from a job or mm-hmm. calling you away from a thing. And, and that's okay too. You know? Yeah. How many people out there um, are doing jobs that they didn't go to college for? Yeah. You know, or, you know, if they didn't go to college, they're doing a job that you would have never expected because it just life happens and you realize what you love and what you don't love and mm-hmm. your loves can change. Like you might be doing something, you know, 10 years from now that you never would have thought you would have enjoyed doing. Totally. You didn't even know about it or you just, you developed as a person. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to end kind of transitioning to, you know, kind of a biblical application here. Yeah. Um, first things first is I, I do think that God is a God that wants us to work. I yeah. do think that God honors work. I do think there's a lot in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament that talks about work and how to work and how Christians should work and all those types of things. And so I do think that's important to make note of as God is not just like, oh, just have fun. Like God wants us to work. You know, mm-hmm. he put that in us and and he worked. He did, he created the planet, right, earth, right. you know? Um, and so I, I do think that's important to say. Um, and I, But I do think that God gave us skills and abilities and things we care about and he wants to use those things for work, you know, to glorify him. And so I want to say that, but Colossians 3, 23 and 24, Paul says this, he says, work willingly, willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Another way maybe we could put that last part is the boss that you're working <laughs> for is Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have to bring up this, but the cheesy thing that I know is written into our constitution here at Sycamore Creek is, I don't know the exact wording, so I'm not gonna, I want you to do it. Oh. <laughs> this is what, Jesus is the uh, CEO? Uh, is that it? I think it's like, yeah, it says something. I don't know whoever wrote it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But it says something like, Jesus is the CEO of our church. I'm yeah. like, how does that work? Right. <laughs> Logistically, <laughs> yeah. how play out? We, we have an empty chair at every meeting, yeah. and we say, Jesus is there. I mean, like, of course. I mean, of course. We in want, principle. In principle, it's yes. Great. I mean, like, Christ is the head of the church, but right. he's a CEO of Sycamore Creek. <laughs> and we've been talking about, like, working on our constitution, yeah. bringing it up to date a little bit. Um, that's a project Christy has on her, yeah. on her board. But anyway, um, yeah, I, what, what's the question? So I think working at that verse I've used in Colossians many times sure. when I've done messages about work and about how we should view our work and we should always do our best. And so that's just a hard thing though to define. Like mm-hmm. is our best what we do in the parameters of the 40 hours or is yeah. it going above and beyond? Well, we yeah. all have different, I guess, feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- I don't think it's our job to judge everybody that, you know, has a line that they draw. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, you know, I think that's a good way for us to end is work willingly at whatever you do Yeah. as though you were working for Christ, not for people, you know? Um, and, and and I was reading something the other day that kind of talked about, um, the feeling of discontentment and, Mm. and this feeling of, Oh, I just wish I was doing something more. I wish that I had a different job. I wish that, and you're just not content in the life that you're living. And, And the author that wrote this, he started talking about how as Christians, we should never be anything less than content because everything we have is already more than what we deserve. Mm. And it was kind of this whole point of if you are a Christian and you understand what Jesus has done for you and what God has done for you, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad your job is, no matter how much you hate it, yeah. no matter if you don't have a job, whatever your, your your current status is, whatever it is, you already have more than you deserve. Because sure. what we deserve is yeah. pretty bad if you yeah. read scripture. I mean, we yeah, deserve, right, we right. deserve yeah. death, we deserve judgment, we deserve all these oh, yeah, things. Right. So therefore, anything other than that is more than what we deserve in this life. Right. And I think that's just, you know, it might sound not super deep, whatever, but that's not, a good perspective think, for us I, to yeah, have. I think you it's know? a good, yeah. It's like when we focus on the fact that you know, as people, the fact that we have breath in our lungs is a gift. The fact that we get to live in a house is a gift. The fact that we have these things is a gift. And therefore, no matter what we're going through, it's already more than what we deserve. I think that's a kind of a good perspective you can take to your work. You know, I might not, right. I might hate the project that I'm doing. I might hate the the season right. of work I'm in. I right. might not agree with every uh, uh, coworker that I'm with. I right. might not like my boss or love my right. boss, but everything I have is already more than I deserve. Absolutely. That's like, I think that's a great thing because, um, especially people that are your age and, uh, not you, but people your age that are getting into the workforce, mm-hmm. um, sometimes can have these expectations that are ridiculous about mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be like and how fulfilling every day is supposed to be. Yeah. And then the, the real world smacks them in the face and are like, Oh, this job is terrible. I'm going to get another job. Yeah. I'm like, when people ask me and talk to me, like, and I've counseled people on this. It's like, just, don't make rash decisions. Mm-hmm. Let it play out a little bit. I promise you, the grass isn't necessarily going to be greener. Yeah. Like you know, and I sometimes it is. Sometimes <laughs> but, it is. But and yeah, yeah. Like you know, and I, in ministry, same thing too. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, I've seen people that you know just thought, man, this is just awful here, and uh, not Sycamore per se, but like I've been at multiple places and people complaining, and I look back at some of the times 
when I was a youth pastor in the second church I served in, it was great. But, you know, there was things that was irritating, like, can't wait to leave here. It's going to be so much better. And yeah. I look back and thinking, those were some of the best times. Yeah. And it was a great staff and it was a great situation. Everything is not going to be perfect in any job. Yeah. There's always going to be frustrations. And I, I don't know if you... I don't know if you wanted to talk about this as we get ready to close, but just in the idea of quiet quitting, I read an article and it's talked about quiet quitting is more than just your work. It's like you can quiet quit friendships. Mm -hmm. You can quiet quit on your marriage. Totally. You can quiet quit on your parenting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not good in those things that you know matter, but sometimes <laughs> there might be a relationship you want to quiet quit on because you don't want to ghost somebody because that causes a confrontation. So you just quietly do less yeah. with them. Yeah. Uh, you kind of back off on that. But, um, I, when I mentioned this topic to you, I said, I think there's people that have quiet, they quietly quit on God. Mm. They quietly quit on their relationship with God. Mm. Do you think that's true? Like doing, like you think of the description we started with, doing the bare minimum to have a relationship with God. Yeah. Not going above and beyond. Yeah. Not trying. What's expected. What, yeah. What is you that? Know. What is it? What is that today? What yeah. is expected? Yeah. I, I think. Uh, maybe pandemic has kind of expedited this too. I think mm -hmm. what's expected of being a Christian now is way lower than what it used to be. And I think what, what biblically is expected as a Christian is just not what's expected in the world we live in. You know, right. if I just go to church and I just show up. But and how I just, Like one one point two times a month. May, okay, maybe <laughs> let me redefine it. If I just say I go to church or say, mm -hmm. oh, I go to Sycamore Creek or say, I oh, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, then that's kind of good enough. And mm -hmm. we have to understand that, like, yeah. no, there's actually some expectations that come with being a Christian. There's right. actually some things that God's going to ask you to do and not do. Mm -hmm. And and part of it is submitting yourself to that and being okay with the fact that God's going to ask you to give some things up. God's going to ask you to change. God's going to ask you to do some things. And and so, yeah. I but think do I have to do those things to have salvation? No. Okay, so I'm going to do the minimum. But because of your salvation, you should want to do those things. Correct. Like because of those salvation, if you've truly experienced salvation, uh, <laughs> Scripture calls it a heart surgery. You're no longer yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're no longer yeah. living for yourself. Yeah. So therefore, those those desires, those things are going to slowly start to change. I Well, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I know all that, and I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But I think we live in a culture today where there's a lot of people that have quietly quit on their faith. Totally. But deep down, they say, yeah, I believe in Jesus for my salvation. Yeah. And, and, and they do. And they do. Yeah. And they can quote it to you, and they totally. can tell you. And at one time, they were more committed. They were going above and beyond. And mm -hmm. we might define that as being at church faithfully every week, serving, giving, yeah. going to a small group, reading your Bible on your own, praying. Mm -hmm. And all those things that are what we would maybe say a fully devoted disciple, going above and beyond. And then, you know, now it's like the minimum. What do I have to do to yeah. still keep my salvation? Because, yeah. wait, wait a minute. Or at least have all those things that I'm still so, a Christian. Yeah, yeah, or how people look at me and like, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah, totally. And so, but I think the cultural phenomenon of quiet quitting encompasses a lot of different areas of our lives. Yeah. I mean, I, work yeah. is the primary one that mm -hmm. it comes from. And but I think it bleeds into, like you said, relationships, um, home life, church. Absolutely. I right. think it starts to come into all of those things. Yeah, this is a great way to end. Yeah. I think a lot of people might be quiet quitting on God and not even realize it. Yeah. So wow. That's, that's good. Wow. wow. Awesome. Well, uh, any other closing thoughts there? People might be quiet quitting on God and not even realizing. That's it. Wow. That's, I mean, that's just a truth bomb right there. You, you, you dropped it. Let's I mean, go. You kind of set it up. So, well, good job. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a wrap on this episode. Yeah. If, unless there's anything else that you want to no, add to this conversation, I think it's all, it can serve as a reminder for us in, at, at our jobs or just at, at home mm -hmm. in our faith, all these different areas yeah. of our lives. Uh, to kind of check ourselves and realize, right. like, okay, are we doing the best that we can do? Are right. we giving it our all, or are we quiet quitting on these different things? Yeah, so yeah. I think this is good. Good conversation. Um, yeah. But we will see you next week. 
on another episode of the In All Things Podcast. Please let us know what you want to see at the rest of this season. We're kind of starting to head to the end of this. Um, Are we halfway? Or? Uh, probably a little over halfway. Okay. Um, and we have some exciting things coming up in the next couple weeks. We have some guests planned out. We have a live podcast yes. on October 30th um, here at Sycamore Creek on a Sunday morning. So some different things coming up, exciting times, and then we'll be off for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. So let us know what yeah. you want to hear and see in this podcast. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.